Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. No sleep schedule, someone has said. Oh, that's chaotic as fuck. I would still be their friend, though. I know, but you're like, well, if you don't do this, everyone will die. Yeah. That's how I see you. (laughs) See, the thing about me is that I'm very annoying. Okay, before we start this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that we are on lands of the Turbal and Yagra people. Uh, here in Mianjin, and we acknowledge their elders, past, present, and emerging. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek. Welcome. Today, I'm going to take it. <laughs> Thank you can, God you took it away. You can take it away. Really? What, we're do- what are we doing today? Talking about what makes a bad friend. So this week on the Instagram, I asked a question, and that was poached scrambled or fried eggs. Just kidding. I also, I did ask that. My mum, I know these are supposed to be anonymous, but my mum has sent one in, which is where she never <laughs> contributes to these. Okay. In quotations, oh, I don't drink coffee. End of quotations. Who doesn't drink coffee with like three question marks and three exclamations? <laughs> <laughs> I love that other people have been like, covert, unyielding expectations. <laughs> and then the next one is my doesn't mom drink like, coffee. doesn't drink coffee. That's ridiculous. My mom's the kind of mom that has like um, a, a coffee mug that's like, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. Oh, like, yes. The lamest ever. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. So what do you think about that? Yes, no. <laughs> Would you not be friends with someone because they didn't drink coffee? Um, no, I don't care if they drink coffee or not. But this is the context that I took it in, which I could be totally wrong, obviously. You know when you say to someone like, Oh, do you want to go get a coffee? And they're like, well, I don't drink coffee. Oh, that's problematic. It's kind of like, you well, don't you go can to a drink whatever shop. you want. Yeah, exactly. You can get a hot chocolate. You can get a tea. You can get a croissant. But imagine if coffee shops were like, you shall <laughs> not pass. <laughs> get a fucking smoothie. It's not just long blacks. Yeah. And no one's taking you to like some foster Drinking black. black like, right you're now. going to a cafe. It's brunch. Get a grip. Mm-hmm. I think that people sort of, those people just want to inject themselves into the, like, and their personal opinions into everything. Like, fuck off. Exactly. And do you know why I think I have the authority to talk on this? Because I don't drink. But if someone says, do you want to go out for a drink? I say, yeah, cool, fun. Mm. Guess what? I'm going to fucking go to the bar and get a lemon lime bitters like an adult. Like an adult. <laughs> okay. Good start. Strong mm-hmm. start. No sleep schedule, someone has said. Oh, that's chaotic as fuck. I would still be their friend, though. When they have no sleep schedule. I just don't think that lines up lifestyle-wise. I wouldn't... Like, if it was my partner, I'd be like, you're too much for me. But a friend, I'm like, I'm not, like, having a sleepover with you. Like, I don't know. We had I don't a sleepover care. when we went to Sydney. So cute. <laughs> it was really weird, to dance. be honest. We... It was actually weird talking to you before we went to sleep. lying in bed. Because yeah. at the end, like, we work together and we do cheek together. So it's kind of odd because we don't, like, while we know pretty much most things, like, there's not many mm-hmm. things I haven't said to you in yeah. my life, really. But it's still weirdly, there's a weird intimacy to going to sleep <laughs> next to someone in a separate bed still. Isn't there? Yeah, there is. Also, because we were both fully tucked in all the way to the chin. Yeah. Our heads poking out. Had these like, blankets. Rah, 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 like, rah, rah. You could, it was like a, two little eggs <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about like quite important things at like 11 p.m. But we were really tired. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was passing out at one point. And you were yes. ending. I, I was so sorry. And no, that's okay. This is boring. Boring. You know a lot about their life, but they know very little about yours. Um. Okay. The thing for me is I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't ever like, say that I'm a private person, but I don't really tell people my business very often. So for me, the opposite is more of a red flag when um, they know stuff about your life, but you don't know anything about their life, which is, I know, hypocritical of me to say. But 
it is hypocritical and I get what you're saying, but um, I don't think this person means it in this sense. I think that they're saying when they don't remember. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Like they don't ask questions. Yeah, that's a big thing. And they don't collect information and retain it. They don't care about it. I think it's kind of the difference. Like I have this friend, I used to have this friend who didn't ever really knew what I know, didn't ever really know what I did for work. Like I felt like I knew things about them mm-hmm. and I could be like, how's X, Y, and Z. And I, I'm actually worse at the big picture and better at the detail. Mm-hmm. So like when someone tells me something about what they're doing on the weekend or what they think about a specific thing or blah, 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 blah I try to retain it and bring it up in conversation to like have like when I'm, especially when I'm meeting someone new, mm-hmm. whereas I think some people just like don't give a fuck and are just generally asking questions to go through the motions. Yeah, yeah. And I think that not retaining and developing and can like, and I think it's because to me it builds a picture of who that person is. And I like to know those things because I can much more easily equate whether I want to be their friend or not. Yes. Like when I, when I ask people about very specific things about their life, I think it's so telling and it motivates me to increase or decrease my, my, my relationship to them and my connection to them. Mm -hmm. So it's like very important for me to ask questions. I think that something that we forget all the time is like men are shit at asking questions. Yeah. Like you ever feel like you're talking to a brick wall. You're like, Oh, so what do you do for work? And they tell you, and then they don't ask back and you're like, fuck off. Like, this I'll just is, go fuck myself. This is, I will absolutely just go and fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's just rude. But also, I know that some people don't really have um, great social skills. I think that's that's a concern for a lot of people. But asking basic questions, and mm-hmm. I think that an underrated social skill, and I think I talk about this a bit, maybe not on the pod, but generally, is like I am a very extroverted person, and I love getting to know people much more than you my queen you actually are like please never speak to me again but something that i really like doing and i think is a um an interview skill and and a life skill is not having a set of questions just in your mind but asking questions based on answers and it sounds really easy but most people can't do it yes most people will go through like the small talk bullet points of like the weather your job, your family, blah, blah, blah. But I like to, like, something that I try to practice because I think I always get more out of a conversation when I do it is, okay, they've just said something specific about their cat or they said something specific about what they're doing on the weekend and then asking who's going to that or where is that or are they taking leave or blah, blah, blah. And just like springboarding a bit off because it gets you so much more whole overall mm-hmm. than going through those like classic talking points does yeah i think that the biggest red flag is when there's an inequality where it's like because i get it if there's like two people with like a more casual friendship who like don't really talk about their lives they just talk about like i mean colleagues is the perfect one it's like you know a lot about it you know exactly what each other has done like every day that week but you don't really know them yeah but if there is like an imbalance i think that is a red flag. Yeah. And I think that leans heavily into friendship expectations overall. Yes. How often do you expect to hang out? What's the level of that yeah. hangout? Is it one-on-one? Are you getting coffee? Are you FaceTiming? Like, I think that we each have very different demands in what we're looking for in different people. Mm-hmm. And I think that people can get offended when they want to be, I, I think, I think a sign of like, not immaturity, but I think it's a, a lifestyle difference mm-hmm. is when someone wants to constantly be hanging out and FaceTiming and remaining, retaining this close friendship when you've kind of moved on a bit yeah. and you're just looking for something more casual. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, can be translated to relationships as well. Like you, I might be interested in getting coffee with someone once every six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And I love friends that it's like twice a year. Like, Let's catch up. Yeah. That's lovely. Low maintenance. You're not holding anything against each other for not maintaining that, maintaining those things. Yeah. 
lovely. But again, I don't, I hate that. Like if someone's looking for a once in once every six months friendship, like it's just not really for me. And I think that that's the perfect like thing. Like it's not that they're doing the wrong thing by me or I'm doing the wrong thing by them. It's just that we're not compatible as friends. Mm. And I think that that is okay. It's just like not for you. Yeah, I see what you mean. Toxic positivity and not respecting introvert boundaries. Ooh, hate that. What it, what um what do you see as not respecting introvert boundaries? <clears throat> well, I'll give a perfect example. Oh no, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna name your some of your friends, <laughs> not by name. So when we went to Sydney, we caught up with two of your friends. Yeah. And we had dinner and the dinner was kind of cut short because the table like had another booking. Yeah. And then one of your friends was like, are you like totally like done for the night or do you want to do blah? Yeah. And I was like, let's do blah. Yeah. That is respecting introvert boundaries, yes. I think. Whereas like, I think particularly in that, like it's a perfect scenario because it's like, um, they live there. We were there together. You're good friends with them going way back. I never met them. Mm -hmm. Like the situation, like say in, in an alternate reality, if it was like the three of you were like, yay, like, let's do this long, like imagine if, oh, we would love to hang out all day. And I'm just there like, Haha, yeah. I hate this. And especially because like, if, cause you know that I would hate that. Yes. And then if you just were like, but they're my friends and I want to see them. It would never be worth it to me because the whole time I would be so anxious for you. Exactly. But I think that is actually is respecting the boundaries and like I struggle to understand extroverts like a lot and so I understand that it's um if you're extroverted it might be a bit hard to understand but I think like putting a little bit of thought into it like goes a long way like, I love when people say like are you like done do you want me to do you mm. want to go like do you want to leave because yeah. it's like it's loud in here or like we've been hanging out for six hours should we be finished like literally just before we started um recording this podcast you were like do you want me to leave <laughs> <laughs> it's because Kristen has a sore ear. I have a sore ear. She, we talked about it. We talked about it in the last pods. episode. Yes. But it's um, like, you were like, I'm struggling. And I was like, well, I can go home. Yeah. But, but I know that you genuinely would be like, all right, bye. And yeah. like, you'd be out of the door in like but two minutes. But it doesn't offend me. Yeah. Because in my mind, it's like really pathetic. If you were like, I'm actually really struggling. I, I would like some alone time because I have a fucking sore ear and I can't continue this day. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, oh my God, she, she hates, hates me. me. <laughs> it's totally not about that. Yeah. I am probably the most extroverted person I know. Mm -hmm. Right. And I still need to cut it. Yeah. Be but I'm usually the cutter. Yeah. I think it, I think a good extrovert's job is to be the cutter. Mm -hmm. And I think it is. And I think that the better you are at extroversion, the more you can identify in introverts when it's time. True. That's smart. Cause I don't think I've ever met anyone who is as aware of those things as you. Thank you. <laughs> well, no, I think it was you that like, it's one of the biggest compliments I've ever received. You said, was it you? You said you are an introvert's extrovert. Did you say that? Sounds like something I would say, but I don't have any. You described memory. me as an introvert's extrovert. I really, oh no, it wasn't you. It was Haley. Okay. I was going to say it. I, I told I you that. about it. Cause I was like, I'm so excited about this compliment. <laughs> anyway, one of my good friends described me as an introvert's extrovert because all of my close friends are heavily introverted. Yeah. And I think it's because I love my one-on-one -on -one interactions. Mm -hmm. I also, and this is totally the truth. I lived in a house of six of us and then five of us where I was the only extrovert. Mm -hmm. And I felt totally in control of my life because 
I love being the planner. I'm mm -hmm. very much the type A and I feel like not that introverts aren't that, but a lot of the time they let me take the reins. Yeah. And even if they didn't want to, they were like, she'll just go ahead and yeah. then we'll change it if she's wrong. But like, yeah. it was very much like I could just lead and just step forward and be the person and no mm -hmm. one was, I didn't feel like there was competition because yeah. we all brought something different to the table, but I felt like I have really safe, close relationships with each of my friends who mm -hmm. are introverts, but also gives me the space to be like, I'm the peacock. You know what I mean? And that's <laughs> awful, but it's the truth. So my partner sometimes goes away for work mm -hmm. and I find that if he's away for three days and I don't have plans, like, and I mean plans as in like, like I'll go to the shops and I'll go to the gym. Um, but if I have no social plans, then by the end of the three days, when he comes home, I'm like, oh, that's nice. Nice to have someone around again. It's not, it's not that I'm like, oh my God, I'm so alone. But if he's away for a fourth day, I'm just like feeling a bit like, weird just a bit off kilter wow i'm not that's i would i would be you'd find me dead and bugs <laughs> eating me <laughs> By extrovert dies from like a social interaction <laughs> i think that toxic positivity in friendships this is what i my initial thought when you read that was the people who like when you talk about like oh my god i hate my job i just had a breakup i'm like Everything sucks. If they're just like, well, just be happy that you're healthy. Go I, away. Let I, me be angry. I think there is something so sick about like the someone else has it worse syndrome that people yeah. have tried to inflict because while I think that it can be a healthy way to personally remind yourself, like I like to use it to like, wait a second, let's step mm -hmm. back. Let's look at the big picture. Let's like just recontextualize your experience. Mm -hmm. But I think when someone else says it, it's like, that's invalidating. Yeah. I think it's a healthy way to measure, yes. but I don't think it's for anyone else to inflict on you. I think it also gives the same vibes as, you know, when you're a kid and you didn't finish everything on your plate and then your parents go, well, you know, let, let's mail it to that child in Africa that doesn't get it. And it's like, mum, dad, you vote liberal. <laughs> Let's not sit here and talk about the fact that I didn't finish my fucking last mouthful of the peas you didn't cook right because you suck at it. No offense. Sorry, mum. You no. were doing all the domestic household <laughs> chores and working full time. That was a real nasty. Expectations of emotional labor. This is interesting because I think it depends it on the is. friendship. And I think that uh, one of my, my good friends, Claudia, she... I went to school with her. She is one of my closest friends and something that she is excellent at that I don't think anyone does enough. And I think that I don't do enough definitely is that whenever she wants to talk to me about something, she asks if I have capacity first, mm. which to, sometimes I'm like, can you please stop asking that? Because I'm always, <laughs> to, 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 some to some extent, I'm like, that's wasting part of my capacity by asking. <laughs> but a lot of people aren't like you though. No, because once you say that, I'm literally never going to say no mm -hmm. because I always want to know. And I think like, and I, I get why people don't want to do it, but like I am always, I, I try to always make myself available for emotional labor Yeah, because it's a labor that I can do and I think I do well. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's a missed opportunity if I could, if I'm not there to pick up the phone. Do you hate that? Did I fuck something? Are you no, say I, I just think that's um... problematic. No, no, not problem. Like it's not, you're not being problematic. I just think that isn't that, that such like what no man would ever think that. No, I know. Like when you said that, I was like, that's actually so sad. Not about you specifically, but like having that thought, don't you think that's, yeah, we're kind of going off on a tangent. No, no, I think it's, I think it's something to talk about. I think that what's hard is I always feel so bad, um, putting emotional labor on others 
but whenever I miss a call, I am like feeling the need to, like I usually, if I miss a call, I will immediately text them. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm doing blah. Can I mm. call you at this time? Yeah. Um, and I'm like really apologetic. Cause I'm like, if this person needs me and I'm not available, like I, I am worried about what their next option is. And like, not saying I'm the best at emotional labor and I'm the number one candidate. Yeah. But like, it's just that they called you and then you're not yeah. available. Yeah. And they were seeking, maybe it was something silly. Maybe it was a catch up. Maybe it was advice. But like, to me, I'm like, well, they've, I feel uh, it's sad, but I feel chosen. And I feel like they've, in a sense, that act is like them committing to, um, wanting something specific from me and mm-hmm. like the communication that I might be able to provide. And it feels like a really like, I, it feels like I'm being entrusted with something before it even happens. Yeah. So I'm like, that's important to me and I want to be there for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I've not always been like that. I think I'm getting better at being a good friend. Yep. Um, especially to people that like this, per- this person I'm talking about who always asks, like she's always been a better friend to me than I have to her. Mm-hmm. So to me it is like, fuck every time I miss it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, we, we, got, anyway. we, we went off on a tangent. I, I just derailed that. Is that, was that your whole thought? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, see, the thing is for me, I'm always the one, not always in friendships or relationships where that is unequal. I'm always the one shouldering most of the emotional labor. But that is most, if not all of your relationships. Is that true? I'm, I, when the ones that are uneven. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, I guess it like, it kind of like waxes and wanes throughout yeah. my life, but I always feel like I'm the like, um, you are the stable. Yes. Stable. I was like, what is that word? I feel, I was like, you're, to, I feel I like, like you're the very solid life raft in yeah. the ocean. Yes. And it's because I'm like lucky to have really good mental health. Um, my upbringing is very good, blah, 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 whatever. Disclaimers. But also, but I think it's like that's a a privilege point. So you also feel compelled to do those things because of those things. Yes, I'm trying to get away from that. It's not working very well. Um, it's an ongoing struggle. That's what I have to bear burden. Um, what that didn't make yeah, sense. What I have not, to shoulder. I was, I was touching my shoulders. The, sh- the that is the burden that I must shoulder. Um, but also, I'm a very like I'm a person that if you ask me for advice, I'll be like, do this. Like I'm a very like this or that, this is going wrong, fix it. That has happened. Do this to react. And I know that a lot of people don't work like that, but that's how I work. And I think that a lot of times when people come to me for advice, they want me to be like, do this. Even though when they don't do it, I get very angry. Well, here's the thing. I see that as a helpful thing, but I see you as a very black and white person. I am. So I'm actually way less black. I'm much more shades of gray than I was like a few years ago. So just imagine. No, I know. (laughs) I can even see the change in like even the time I've known you. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it, but saying that I think that when people, actually one of the things that I will say that you're very good at, I love how I say it, I will say like I wouldn't admit to anything else. (laughs) I will say since you're pressuring me. (laughs) (laughs) Can you see the knife that's held at the back of my neck right now, people? Um, You are good at asking people if what they're seeking is advice or just someone to talk to. Oh, thank you. But you know, you do that. Some I didn't know that I did that. dish advice without consent or prompt. Mm. You are like, I'm trying to get, you often try, I can tell, are trying to gauge what the other person needs. Yeah. And I think that you have this gear switch between I'm just a bouncing board and mm-hmm. I'm here to provide an outcome. Yeah. 
But the thing with when people want advice from you is I think that you see one option only. Yes. When there are more options. Oh, oh, there's always more options. I know, but you're like, well, if you don't do this, everyone will die. Yeah. That's how I see you. <laughs> it and is. I'm like, that is not efficient. It's because that's how I feel in my own life. Like, it's really hard to, I mean, it's so hard to like, um, oh, well, actually, I was going to say, it's so hard to give advice you wouldn't follow it. Everyone does that. But I, yeah. like, in my opinion, like when I have decisions to make, I do struggle with opinion, uh, with decisions, big decisions, because I'm like, it's this or that. But it's That's not. It. It's just not. I know, but I can't. I don't Why? compute that. Well, is it because know. you don't see the other options? What do you, what do you, what invalidates No, it's because them? in some, at some stage I, I decide that it's, it's like yes or no, all or nothing. Yeah. You do have an all or nothing mentality. Yeah. I don't really. I'm I, working on it though. I have a problem with all or nothing in circumstances that are very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to like the way I like I'm very competitive. I'm like, if I lose a game of something, I'm like, well, that's fucking it. Like <laughs> things like that. That's not dangerous, obviously mm-hmm. fucking Mario Kart. But like, <laughs> I mean, like when it came to eating in school, it mm-hmm. was like, well, if I ate one thing wrong, it was very all or nothing mentality and approach to diet culture and things mm-hmm. like that, which can be very dangerous. And yep. especially with drinking as well. I'm like yep. either not drinking at all or I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. It's not one drink. Yeah. It's never, I'm trying to overcome these things that are quite toxic. Yeah. Whereas I think that when it comes to advice, I'm very willing to think about all the options also because, and I think it's a really good scene in Fleabag. If you haven't watched it, where have you been hiding? Um, in season two, when her dad gives her the gift voucher for the counseling session, she goes to the counseling session and there's this bit at the end of the counseling session where the therapist says, you already know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that was a really long and leading anecdote to the lamest line ever. But I think the point being when we're talking to people and they're seeking advice, they're not really seeking advice. They're seeking our opinion on what they would do or the advice they would give in order to understand if they've perceived the options as correct. Yes. And I'm like happy to admit I'm quite intolerant of that. Yes, I know, but that's okay. Yeah. I, Thank I, you. I understand it. You're <laughs> devoting time and energy to helping this person. And they yeah. just don't take it. Well, yeah. That's ridiculous. I, I find that personally offensive. No, I, I get what you mean. Cause I, I, it's very annoying. You advise me of things and I'm like, what the fuck? I would literally never do that. And I can see it killing you inside. But I, but I also know that about you. See, the thing about me is that I'm very annoying. So if you are not, if I give in this context, I am. Yes, you are. If I give advice context. and someone doesn't take the advice and then the thing that they do ends them up. You're an I told you so. Yes. You are. I, can't, I remember I do. once I said, can you please not do the I told you so? Because I know. I actually wasn't going to do it that time you said that. I don't remember what it was about. I don't remember what it was about either. And you said I wasn't going to do it that time, but I thought that was a lie. Lie. But sometimes I'm like, but the thing is I always think it every time. It's just that I usually decide whether I'm going to say it or not. But then I'll like go to someone else and be like, and then they did this, which is not what I said to do. And then this happened. Who could have predicted yes. that? That's my like, catch line. But- Who could have predicted this? Well, Sorry for being really annoying. No, I, I get it. But I think that people have to sometimes make the wrong decision because they need to explore that option for it to fail. Because but it's the, a preferred option and they know the likelihood is. But the, here's my other thing. <laughs> when the advice is about other people, we actually don't know how they're going to react. Not being able to have healthy confrontation. <laughs> this is a really hard one because I don't like any confrontation. That's so funny because you're literally the... F- I think the first friend I've ever had where we will like 
argue. Yeah. I know, and I hate every second. Do you actually? Yes. It makes me so uncomfortable really? and scared. Yes. Oh, I thought it was fun. Sorry, Queen. No, I think that the first five minutes can be fun, but it has to stop early. But ours usually don't go on for that long. No. And they're also not about things that are to do with us. Yeah. It's uh, always about like the, a very intricate and niche political argument. I'm, can I, <laughs> I want to tell this anecdote. When we were in Sydney last weekend and we went to this session... And it was with, uh, I think I explained it in the last episode, but it was with Samantha Maiden from news.com.au, Michael Bradley, the lawyer for the woman who made an allegation against Christian Porter. Kate. Kate. And she's died. And Joe Dyer, who was Kate's close friend, and it was hosted by Julia Baird from the ABC. Now, the one-hour talk session that we went to, um, there was some conflict between the panellists. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely... Joe Dyer and Michael Bradley against or Samantha Maiden against them. There was clearly some tension and some confrontation. And afterwards, Kristen and I left the opera house to get some food <laughs> and we stood overlooking the water and Kristen screamed, <laughs> screamed at me for like 10 minutes about what she thought about the session. And it was because we went outside and, it, you know, if you have, you can live stream the event if you're interested in it, it was excellent. I would recommend watching it. Yep. But one of the things we were talking about, which was my clear point, was that I think we agreed that Samantha Maiden, whilst was definitely playing the um, the devil's advocate in a sense, yes, I think she had a really clear role, and the talk, the panel was made good because of the tension she brought to the discussion. Agree. And while I don't agree with all of her points, I think eighty percent of it was a valid commentary, mm-hmm. and I think that it really made the talk. Anyway, we got really wound up, both of us, because we had some very... And it was, like, funny, because we fundamentally agree about that position, right? Yeah. But then the intricate details within that about what was said, we were not agreeing on. But also that's where we thrive in that environment. We do. Because where we, like, like we're, we agree on the... On, on the on fundamental. It. Yeah. But it's always when there's the specifics, but the, the specific mechanics of the chat and the dialogue. When we fight about that, it's perfect because it's actually not going to end anything, right? It's a no. very healthy way to debate. And, and usually we can understand each other's perspectives. Yes. And we're still like, well, and then it ends up being like, well, you're wrong. And someone's <laughs> willing to move and the other person isn't always, right? It's usually, usually you not- that don't. Don't really. move. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I and you know why that is? Not because I agree, because I don't like confrontation. Interesting. Yeah. And I wanted to end so badly that I'm like, sure, Kristen, let's go get a gelato. <laughs> I thought I was just more aggressive. You thought, uh, did you think your point of view was better and I was the one? I mean, I always think my point of view is better. Same. <laughs> I'm just scared. But the, like, the thing that we were, and you mostly do it, when we're having these like intricate, like meaningless, honestly, most of the time. You're like, we're agreeing. Yeah. We're agreeing. I always get back to that point because we're always coming from the same position and we end up elsewhere, but we are agreeing. Yeah. Now, Kristen was yelling. <laughs> Into I, the I started to end my confrontation. <laughs> my confrontation capacity was winding down. So I got my phone out and started scrolling <laughs> while Kristen was yelling. And it was like she was yelling sort of at the Harbour Bridge. I wasn't yelling. No, no, sorry. It's I just funny to tell the story like that. Yeah, I just want to know that I'm not like I'm oh, not yelling out into the water. <laughs> no, but the way I would envision it is like I was like, yep, yep. And I was sort of scrolling through TikTok and Kristen was like, I just it was like me in the um uh emrata episode yes or the bachelor episode yeah and i kind of am starting to like i'm starting to shut down my vital organs yeah (laughs) anyway 
then the most amazing thing happened. I pretty much died. Someone who listens to this podcast, and I didn't ask your name, even though Shout out. I'm in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't ask your name. We were yeah, a bit I was, we were yelling. all over the place. And she approached us with her mum and was like, hi, my mum, like I wasn't going to come over, but my mum said I should. I love your podcast. And we've never been, had anyone approach us before. And I... Pretty much this lovely woman was coming to talk to us and I was probably more excited than her. And then I was like, oh my God, we're just yelling at each other. Because the thought for me was we're standing there yelling, both of us at different increments and, and volumes. And she's probably been sitting there like, should I go over? And she's just seen us like throwing hands in front of the whole bridge. And then we had this lovely conversation. And then we, I was like, what do you think about that talk? And then her, I was agreeing with her mum. I yeah. think she was more agreeing with you. Like it was excellent conversation. But the, the visual of us having this weird confrontation in front of, between the opera Yeah, and, and I was doing gestures. Bridge. Anyone who watches the video of the pot knows I do gestures when I'm angry. But it's just like, I think that's a hilarious one. Back to the point. Healthy confrontation is good. Here's the problem for me. I have five minutes of capacity for confrontation. Over that, I become so uncomfortable that I begin to form a deep hate. Interesting. Like if we keep going and pushing the line, it will go from me being upset about the point to upset. Okay. So it's outside of the argument then. And I become like, why are you doing this to me? Mm -hmm. And it becomes more about our friendship to me. Yeah. That's unhealthy, but it's the truth. Yeah. I find it hard to have a conversation that um, can remain healthy for longer than that because I find that I get wound up Mm -hmm. and then I'll say something or do something that I'll regret. And so I have to manage that. Yeah. I do get that. I think it's just because we we don't usually go past five minutes no. that I've not really ever noticed that. But then sometimes, because the way I my brain works is like, I then go away and think about it, and I'm just like, I can't believe she thought that. <laughs> not in like a not in a horrible way, but just been like unpacking it. Yeah. And then like I think naturally when you have a disagreement or like a debate or something, you're like, this is what I should have said. Mm. And so then sometimes I'll come back like the next day and I'll be like, I've got something for you, Queen. <laughs> <laughs> you're never gonna defeat and your face every time like you do the face and i'm like not being mean <laughs> but it's not because i'm like i'm gonna beat hannah it's usually because i'm it presents it's usually <laughs> to me i'm like this fucking nasty has come in because also to me what that communicates is and and this is an insecurity of mine sorry for interrupting but this is an insecurity of mine where i'm like in my mind i'm like She's gone home yep. and sat there and thought, this dumb, stupid fuck <laughs> for like 12 hours. And it's my fear that you've had those thoughts about me yeah, that no, culminated like in that. you being like, you are but a measly fool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then I get all defensive and I'm like, well, what the fuck? I'm so smart and cool. Why would you say those things about me? Even though that none of that's true and you're yeah. actually just ruminating on the point. Yes. Yeah. It's because I'm always looking to strengthen my own argument. Yeah. Well, it's hard to strengthen your own argument when you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So fundamentally, we never come to each other's, like if we're being honest, we never come around to each other's point of view. No. I I don't think, I'm trying to think of a scenario where one of us has fundamentally changed. No, I I think there are occasions, but they never go for that long. That's Mm. why I think it's healthy to do the five minute thing. Yeah. Because you're never going to agree. Yeah. We also don't do it on Messenger anymore because Hannah gets upset. I get really upset. Did did we tell you guys about that time that Kristen sent a nasty message and it took me 12 minutes to calm down? But I loved it. That was not nasty. Sorry, to me it was, but I can't remember what it was. I didn't even know what it was about. If you didn't find us completely insufferable, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. You can also find us on Instagram at Cheek Media Co. or online at cheekmedia.com.au. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs>